So, we're here. Uh, as we all know, the the world didn't end uh, Wednesday night. Yay! Uh, <laughs> the spectacle of the whales breaking up in Earth's atmosphere was a strange anticlimax after all the apocalyptic fears and, and sci-fi speculation uh, that we've all been drumming up here uh, over the last few months. But but a welcome anticlimax. Donald and I will almost certainly chatter more about the whale's arrival, uh, the the event, um, on our blog at poetinbangkok.com and, and maybe put up some of the recordings um, of the transmissions that the, the whales sent, the last transmissions they sent as they, as they, as they came through the atmosphere and, and broke to pieces. And we'll obviously also talk about some of the, the uh, grist from the conspiracy theory mill uh, that has already gotten going, of course, uh, about why the debris, the fallen meteorites, uh, the fragments of whatever the whales actually were, um, why they seem to somehow all come down in, in only uninhabited forest and desert and sea and uh, in the Canadian Arctic or the Amazon basin, Indian Ocean, I think, the Gobi Desert and, and, and of course, in, uh, here in, nor- in northern Thailand, north of Bangkok. And, well, it didn't come down in, in major cities as though uh, that's, you know, there's some rhyme or reason to that. But anyway, while we still plan on this podcast, uh, now that we know that that particular global catastrophe did not uh, come to fruition. What we still plan on this podcast being about Thai art and expression in an age of military rule, we will no doubt continue to blather on about the fate, uh, the final fate of the whales, and, and what's still going on um, up on Mars. Uh, now that it's been revealed that, uh, it was revealed a few days before uh, the whales came, that the Harbinger 2 mission was actually controlled by the military all along. But I digress. The format of this particular episode, uh, episode 7, is a little unusual. On Tuesday, uh, we met up with uh, Narawan Patamwat, or Kyo, uh, the curator of the Contemporary Art Library, the Reading Room, here in Bangkok. This was 36 hours before the whales were due to arrive, uh, so we were all a little edgy, obviously. Uh, Then on Wednesday morning, Donald and I recorded some thoughts on the impending arrival of the whales um, that night. Uh, but because we were pretty freaked out, uh, it didn't actually introduce our interview very well. The recording didn't actually introduce the interview that very well, um, even if it does serve as, as, a, uh, as a, a document that we think is interesting um, that, of, of what it was like to wait for the sky to fall. Um, though, of course, everyone has their own, their own story about that, and those will be amazing. Someone, of course, will just put up a podcast of, about that, of podcast of just what people did the day that they were waiting for the world to end but oh also as with every digital device um in the days leading up to the whale's arrival as we all know the 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 whale's transmission uh was all over any digital recording and is all over the the uh, the recording we did uh with kyo and then the recording that we did via skype and it all sounds a little avant-garde but we're gonna just give it to you the way that we we have it we're not doing a lot of production on this on this episode just get it out um here a couple of days two days after the uh the, the whales the whales hit yeah we just want wanted to get it out too and yeah okay so let me tell you 
properly about Q, and then we'll uh, we'll get on to Wednesday's recording uh, before you'll then hear the interview itself. So yeah, we we sat down with uh, Narawan Patamwant uh, Kyo, the creator and curator of the Contemporary Art Library and meeting space, the Reading Room. Kyo talked about uh, starting an arts library within the context of a Thai art community that was largely indifferent, if not sometimes hostile, to the kind of non-profit space that she was creating, a space devoted to dialogue and discourse, and how the space thrived and succeeded despite that, that indifference and that, and that hostility. She explained some of the reasons that Bangkok's uh, formal art scene can seem so conservative, um, and also told us uh, some amazing stories about her, her father's journey to America from uh, a Bangkok slum, her experiences navigating the New York City gallery scene uh, in her early 20s, and uh, how she escaped an abusive relationship there um, and came back to, uh, to Bangkok, where she started the reading room. Kyo also shared um, her plans that she had for welcoming the arrival of the whales and why she and her friends were, were bake, basically just planning on uh, making a, a big party of the thing. So, Donald and I hope you really enjoy this episode, uh, even with the strange whale transmissions all all over it. Oh, and we're going to only do a couple more episodes of Season 1, and then we're going to take a little hiatus. Uh, If you like what we're doing um, and want to support us, please consider supporting us on our our crowdfunding um, page, uh, Patreon. Uh, You can go to patreon.com slash boat in Bangkok or follow the link from our website. Just a couple of bucks per episode um, helps us with the cost of producing uh, the show and will help us uh, start putting together season two. And there's some some cool uh, rewards that you can get. Let's just get to it. Let's go to Donald and me talking on Wednesday morning uh, before the whales arrived. So it's so it's Wednesday, uh, 22nd of March, and we're recording this via Skype. Um, not at the Freedom Screen Club since... Uh, Donald and I both just wanted to be with our families and because the whales are coming through Earth's atmosphere tonight, night in Bangkok, morning in the USA where our families And uh, we just wanted to record this as something to do as we wait. If somehow everything doesn't go to hell, then we'll put this up with our interview with Gio of the reading room. But, I don't know, uh, we felt like we wanted to just make a few notes about what we're thinking about today in the world. I can't believe um, but <laughs> things could come to an end tonight. Um, yeah. And then, I doubt we'll... <laughs> I doubt we'll be doing much recording or worrying about art <laughs> in the coming whatever, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, the travel ban has obviously kept us both in Thailand. Uh, we were, we were spo- after much hullabaloo and debate, uh, we, yeah. we were supposed oh, to, yeah. to all, uh, or Donald and I were going to go back to uh, the U.S., um, to be with our families, and I was going to be in Maine uh, with my wife and kids, my family, uh, at our farm there. But now, <sighs> yeah, um, they were they were saying on BBC that 
that pretty much it's it's pretty much certain that the impact will cause enough atmospheric disturbance to knock out all satellite communication and some of the undersea cables will remain active but i doubt we'll be talking with anyone in the u.s after tonight uh for i mean if we survive the impact of course so after this this call i've got to call them and i don't know (laughs) fuck yeah (laughs) no one thinks uh or that impact is going to cause absolute destruction of life, but the amount of shit kicked up will cause uh, what they call it, like a, it would look like a nuclear, nuclear winner. winner. Yeah, it would look like a nuclear winner, like the uh, Ticklebub. Ticklebub is that right? Yeah, Ticklebub. Ticklebub. Yeah, Ticklebub comet um, or whatever that wasted those those dinosaurs. Um, so no sunlight, no. over the entire earth so yeah that'll be and um so yeah as everyone's been experiencing the the fucking whale noises the transmissions uh that have been uh breaking into pretty much any digital transmission or cell phone calls and and listening just listening to podcasts on uh pretty much any digital transmission on earth these past weeks is going to be all over this recording i'm sure Mm -hmm. and we're not going to cut it out for you for us uh we'll we'll just leave it the fuck in there for like authenticity (laughs) of the event or whatever um Oh, it's, I, I'll also say, if again, if we put this up, the, the transmissions also showed up intermittently in our interview with uh, Gyo, uh, Gyo Narwan Patumwat uh, of the, the Reading Room, the guest we interviewed yesterday. Um, though the, the, the transmission sounds different. They... So maybe those, those whale motherfuckers decided that something else they wanted to say to us today, like... Like what the like the the ride of the Valkyries uh, over the beach in Apocalypse Now or, or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. just know that that's <coughs> if you hear that, that's what you're obviously you know that that's what you're hearing. You've been hearing it on your cell phone. So anyway. yeah, yeah. You know, I'm still glad that we decided to meet up with Gio yesterday, though. Um, I needed to get out of the house. Yeah. Um, and, you know, think about something else, anything else. Yeah. But the interview was, it was really surreal. Um, <laughs> it was it, surreal. It was, wasn't uh, it? Gio wasn't, uh, somehow she, <laughs> she just wasn't very worried about any of this. And the smart <laughs> reminded me of myself like two months ago. Yeah. When I was yeah. telling you, Colin, not to worry, you know, yeah. just yeah. completely kind of delusional or uh, in denial, maybe. Yeah. Um, like she's still, she's still so calm, you know. Uh, like she's still planning on going to Japan to do some research <laughs> for her library. Yeah, you know? she's this is like not she's quite, serious. She's quite confident that, well, yes, that everything's not going to get wasted, and that the there'll yeah. be there'll be airplanes to have a travel ban lifted for. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But uh, oh. um, so yeah, uh, I'll we'll pretend this is an introduction. Uh, to the episode. Um, Gyo runs uh, The Reading Room. It's a a public space in Bangkok devoted to the arts and uh, free 
free discourse. Uh, it's a pretty amazing, it's a pretty amazing place. Um, and with, we would play, um, anyway. Okay. Anyway, now we should, we should probably just cut this short. Um, we said we just chat for a couple, chat for a couple seconds before getting back to being with our families. But, um, is there anything else you want to say? I mean, is there, if, if somehow everything doesn't go the way of the dodo tonight, then <laughs> I mean, I'll like, I'll like cut all this together or just plop it, you know, I'll post it onto whatever post-apocalyptic SoundCloud or whatever there, there remains to be. Um, tomorrow if there's tomorrow or whatever if there is a tomorrow i guess i i guess i don't really have much to say i mean well yeah like tie art well if this is you know our last recording then i want to say uh find upon leap really the neil break and the do believable really so yeah i think mm, those people are amazing for risking that yeah i mean seeing seeing how the thai artists confront the the question of censorship and knowing knowing the risks and still deciding to uh or wish um river uh not the beaches and and face the consequences uh i mean it's it's really inspiring um, I mean, we've been, we've been, I mean, we and everybody have been talking about it on Twitter, of course, but, uh, Dr. Wells Clark's revelation on Monday that the Harbinger 2 mission was in fact military <laughs> and that mm-hmm. ISEC and, uh, US, that the U.S. knew that, that the <laughs> river circumcision happened to the, happened yeah. to the Harbinger 1 crew. I mean, I mean, it'd, it'd be mind-blowing if, well, if there wasn't UFOs about to come through the atmosphere and make us all dinosaur extinct. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but, you know, she she did say in her message that uh, she would have to face the consequences with the Special Forces Captain Minor, yeah. uh, who I guess has been in charge all along up there. <clears throat> yeah. um, she said that she doubted they'd hurt her, Um They'll need all six of them, really, to keep themselves alive on Mars if things there are as screwed up as they say. So, um, But, you know, living here in Thailand and green, green sea, the high sea, it makes me feel ashamed, you know, for real, uh, that I haven't spoken up more about Mars of lost. Come of shot the high. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, know what you mean, but but knowing the consequences. I mean, your wife is Thai, and mm-hmm. and you want to keep, and you've wanted to keep living here. Right. So so not speaking up about uh, about the scrape sandpaper branches is it, totally understandable. Yeah, um, still makes me mad though. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I admit I'm a little sad that we didn't get to see the soap opera of the yeah seriously <laughs> um, yeah green and her hair green she dreams of the bitter tea I mean that would have been a spectacle yeah seriously um okay I mean we should uh what else should we say about 
Kyo, before we go, uh, in case we actually do survive this and anyone wants <laughs> to listen to podcasts about the end times weathered. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll say that I, I'll say that I wish we had talked a bit more about Garcia Lorca on the podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. because that's sort of where this it was one you know the his poet in New York and what happened to him was sort of was sort of I don't know haunting haunting the project from the beginning about the I don't know something about the rhyme between what was happening in Spain and what's been happening uh, she observed things she cannot see and and the fascists shot him and threw him into a ditch I mean no right. no one ever found his body and now here the Sierra with her waist dreams her green her her green no sleep in the sky nobody nobody no one lies sleeping the spawn of the moon sniff the cabins and circle the living iguanas arrive and set tooth on the sleepless the the heart stricken one who takes flight will meet on the corners the incredible mute crocodile under the timid reproach of the stars I mean all of you were brave enough to say something you know those what were they they calling it? The 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 hunter was calling them the unreal the unreal yeah, journalists. Unreal journalists. The unreal yeah. journalists being green and everything. I mean, it's 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 yeah. uh, the similarities are. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Uh, Gio was awesome to come yeah. out and talk with us yesterday with everything going on. But I guess like us, she thought she could use the distraction. We loved hearing her talk about starting up her reading room as a place for discussions of art and social issues and politics, and hearing her thoughts on shadows that opens the heart and her experiences in New York City. Yeah. So yeah, if you get to hear her interview, <laughs> if podcasts still exist tomorrow, then yeah, uh, we hope you enjoy it. All right, man. We should probably go. My, um, I hear my daughter in the other room. She wants to, wants to play puzzles, and yeah, I should go. Um, yeah. All right, I'll call. Uh, I'll call you later tonight. Okay, you take take care of yourself, and um, and, <laughs> and thanks for making this ridiculous podcast about art and the end of the world <laughs> with me. Um, yeah. Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Be buddy. good. All right. Take care. Yeah. All right. But so why don't we why don't we dive in? Um, start out. Could you just say your full name and your nickname? Sure. Uh, my name's Narawan Patomwat, and my nickname's Gyo. Okay. Where's that? What does that nickname mean? Gyo is you know gyoza one ton. That means one. Really? Means one ton. Did you? Were you? Was that your? Did your parents call you that? Uh, not exactly. It's my friends. Your friends. Yeah. So later, later in life. You were uh, you went out for, went out for middle, school. middle school. Yeah. Okay. Did you have a nickname when you were growing up? Uh, that was an, oh, you mean by parents? Yeah. 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 What was that? Uh, it's Gao, which is like a really nice mm-hmm. Thai actress sort of, you know, really nice name. Hmm. Doesn't suit me, obviously. So so yeah. Gyo is a bit more on the nose. So where did you grow up? I grew up here in Bangkok. Within the city. In Silom Sathan area. Okay. And what did your parents do? My, 
dad had a restaurant business, a few of them. Um, and then when the economy went down, he started closing down some of them. And now we didn't have it anymore. Okay. Um, he's doing something else. I don't really know what he's doing. <laughs> he's some sort of business. <laughs> um, my mom was a secretary all her life. She just retired. Mm. It was like the typical middle class. Thai urban. Mm-hmm. So with your father um, running a restaurant and your mother as a secretary, where did your appreciation for art and um, reading and reading yeah. come from? Yeah. Um, I was the only child for 13 years. My sister's 13 years younger. So, you know, my parents didn't really have time to spend with me that much. I was just always alone with books or, mm. or playing with imaginary friends and things like that. So it's just where I came from. Who were your imaginary friends? I remember. You don't, you don't remember their <laughs> identity? Goes somewhere. That's... Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Evil twins. <laughs> or nicer twins. <laughs> I, see. Yeah, yeah. I, can un- I can understand forgetting, if, it be, if especially if it's the evil twins. So. What sort of things did you read at that age? You're reading in Thai, I assume. At first, yes. Mm-hmm. But I really love the English language. Right. Do you remember, was there a particular book that was really important to you when you were nope. growing up? You just liked, you just liked books? I just liked reading. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I like reading mysteries, mm-hmm. things like that. You know, when you were young, it was just, it was fun to read Sherlock Holmes or right. Agatha Christie's, things like that. Right. Afterwards, more of philosophies, maybe like Eastern philosophy mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. And then when I start Reading English, I just stopped reading Thai, so I was like really determined to <laughs> to really read um, in English. And and um, actually, my dad studied in the states for eight years or so. Mm. I mean, he he is a really good story though. He uh, grew up in a really bad neighborhood in a slum in Bangkok, and um, one day he read this book when he was really young, like elementary school. And it was a book about this guy who's Thai and who had an American dream, you know, made it there in, in, in the States. So he really wanted to be that guy and started to collect money doing some odd jobs and and learning Thai, uh, learning English with like this, I think, American monks in the, in the slum. Like there's like this temple. I don't know, before he turned 20, I think he just got one way ticket. So he went to the States and to New Orleans and um, couldn't get a job, got beat up by like, you know, African-American dudes and, <laughs> and um, in the end just get another ticket, went to Ohio and stayed there and, and made it like, you know, working from busboy till I think towards the end, he was like this captain in a three-star restaurant and, and got two bachelor degrees. And so he had this sort of belief that if he were to stay in Bangkok, he wouldn't have going anywhere near, yeah. you know, what he's getting out. And, and he, he definitely appreciates a lot of, of American values. Wow. You know, the old ones anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the, the admirable ones. Yeah. Right. And, um, and that sort of, it, it helps a lot when it comes to politics now, because mm. he's sort of leaning towards... Uh, the more sensible side. Sensible <laughs> 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 okay. Trying to avoid um, okay. saying what's just right. yeah. So I guess I don't hear very much 
I don't hear very many stories of that sort of social movement right. in Thailand. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I may be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't tend to hear a lot of stories of someone uh, growing up um, in a slum, poor, yeah. dirt poor, or even working class, right. and then moving into middle class or, or upper class. I mean, is is that unusual? Is that it was it was not unusual in in his generation. It was but, not unusual. Yeah. Okay. But there, there's a lot of rags to riches stories. I have to say. And you said from his generation it was more common. So I think so. Yeah, it's probably really much, um, very much harder now. But it doesn't seem that it doesn't seem that in Thailand there's the a comparable uh, ideal slash myth mm-hmm. slash lie of of the American dream, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That if you work hard, you can make your way up. That seems that that traditionally, from the little that I understand in Thailand, it's a bit more of a um, Bad karma. You're kind of, you're, 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 <laughs> yes, kind of, you're, yeah. you're born into your station, right. and right, you right, sort of right. stay in your station, and you're sort of should be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of, I think, misinterpretation of Buddhist values, I think, hmm. but Buddhist teachings. Um, yeah, it's just make people really complacent, and hmm. it's easier though. It's easier to just sit back and blame everything else but yourself and. Yeah, you know, that's the sad thing. But yeah. so, tell us about your you you studied at the Pratt Institute mm-hmm. in New York. Can you yep. tell us a little bit about your decision to go there and what it was like being at Pratt? Well, I'm, I was not like really super determined to be something. It was just mm-hmm. more like doing something within the arts and cultural scenes or you know the spheres and sort of going into art history was sort of the the most you know the nearest thing so i just picked art history and that's mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. i don't know i was just attracted to it somehow and um definitely attracted to abstract art and there's no one answer of you know what what this this means or what this um pictures represents and things mm-hmm. like that so it was just just the openness of, of the arts and that's what i love with the arts and culture as well i love literature because there's no one answer you can interpret whatever you want yeah. and you know and art's the same hmm. yeah so while you were in america um could you tell us about your experience how how did you oh. enjoy yourself or did you not enjoy yourself how i spent six years um of my 20s in new york so it was just you can imagine <laughs> did everything um made all kinds of mistakes and um after i graduated i worked um, for four years and trying to make a living so life was pretty shit but it was great you know you you learned so much about yourself so um, where were where were you working when you were for those four years what sort of places um, i started working for non-profit organizations which was really nice but then they didn't have money to hire you or help you doing visa obviously so i right. had to um work for art gallery commercial art gallery I did not like it when I work in the <laughs> in the art gallery because I I could not possibly sell anything. It was just what do you mean? It's hard to pitch things. You know, I I'd rather talk to just normal people walking in, and my boss always said like. You have to go talk to collectors. Why did you talk to all these Chinese people? Because like the um <laughs> the the gallery was in the Lower East Side, so it was um lots of. Yeah, you know, it was Chinese community there and yeah. Jewish community. So I'd like to just talk to them and try to explain them, uh, them you know, what, what these weird shit is about. So 
I worked there for a year and a little bit, and I couldn't sell anything. So <laughs> <laughs> failed. Miserably. What sort of what sort of art what sort of art was that? It was contemporary art. Yeah, installations. Lots of just multi mixed media conceptual stuff. Yeah, by by the end, it was just too dry for me. Like too smart, too intellectual, but it doesn't really you know talk to you mm-hmm. um it doesn't really mean anything to you you know it's just like right. it touched your brains and that's about it so you took that experience and you came back to thailand yeah um i didn't really expect to come back but <laughs> <laughs> it was always like my dad it was just like uh some shit happening in my personal mm-hmm. life and i really need to come back could you describe some of the oh. shit? Oh, the shit was just the <laughs> boyfriend shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's always boyfriend it's shit. It's always that. And it was a druggie. And you know, when you're young, you're too romantic to think that you can change someone. <laughs> so, you, so you came back to because you didn't want to be near him anymore? Or you came yeah, because he, obviously he was just getting way too... Uh, yeah, ex- exactly. Just out of control. Just couldn't really do it anymore. Mm-hmm. It was, looking back, it was fun, you know. That had to go bail him out of jail or like shit like that all the time. You had and, to bail him out of jail? Yeah. Like what Like what was it? <laughs> what was he doing? Yeah, uh, was he like arrested for? Yeah, for. For dealing or for, for possessing? No, or for just being? For, um, himself. I think he went. <laughs> <laughs> He went into some some buildings, uh, which was you know he was not allowed to go in or something. So he was trespassing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. To 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 yeah. dope or something. I don't know. Did you did you bail him out? Did you actually have to pay? Yeah, I had to pay. Cause we lived mm-hmm. together. It was just kind of have to. Yeah. It was surreal. You know, like it yeah. was like in the movie. You got phone calls like, "Hello," you know, "Baby, I'm in jail." I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, really? Come, okay. Come bail me out. I'm from, I'm from America, and I've never had that experience. I'm, I've got to move back. It happened. Yeah. If you're if you're in your twenties and you know you got mixed up in, in yeah. that. Was he an artist? He was a, a an art handler. An art handler. Yeah. So he so he moved it or hung it. Yeah, everything. Yeah. He, it was obviously a really really good one because he mm-hmm. he he handling um all the big galleries mm-hmm. yeah but he couldn't handle his own no he's an alcoholic i think he had a really business. horrible family yeah which is really was he from new york he was from uh massachusetts um his i went to um his house at thanksgiving where is he from never, which town uh it's called holyoke mm-hmm. i'm from never, massachusetts never so. oh like where from milton okay. so south of boston yeah, so he's Irish. You know, Irish Americans really. Um, the family's weird, like really cold. <laughs> like his dad was really religious. You uh-huh. know, never smiled. Like super Catholic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, mom's like Martha Stewart. So it's like really, really weird vibe in the family. <laughs> oh my god! I gotta get the hell out of Holyoke. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hell out of Holyoke. <laughs> Sorry, this is no, like no, a- no, this is great. <laughs> that's, the, that's the good stuff. So, so you, so you move back. So you didn't have to bail him out of jail anymore. Yay. 
And then, <laughs> yeah. did you what, did you have a sense? I mean, it seems like you were just getting out of dodge at that point. You weren't. You didn't. You weren't like I'm going to move back and start an arts library. You were. No. When, when? How did that come about? Well, it 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 got really bad. He started hitting me, so I moved out. Mm. And I was like, I'm out of here. I, I I just moved back. So. Mm-hmm. And then when you got back, did you start? Um, did you start working? Uh, jobs or did you like do you start working in the art world here it was it was tough because i didn't know anybody like i was away for six years mm-hmm. i you know i didn't really keep any contact with my friends i got a job at um asia art archive in hong kong oh okay. do you know them do you no, t- say, say a little bit more about them. asia art archive uh they're uh, an organization like an archive uh, slash libraries um and they collected contemporary art from Asia, so like all over Asia. So it's materials, like books and um, all kinds of archiving materials. So. And so how did that lead to opening? Oh, because I, uh, because they let people go. <laughs> At a certain point, they just started to get rid of, uh, just the, the economy was uh, went bad in Hong Kong, I think. And the art market at that time was more gearing towards um South Asia, India, Pakistan. Um, so they they put money into the researchers on in that region and started getting rid of hmm. of Southeast Asian um, researchers, just, which is understandable. Um, so I was just like, you know, didn't have a job. What should I do? Had lots of stuff in my house, <laughs> um, lots of these catalogs as well, hmm. and, and 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 art stuff. So um, at first it was just like. Trying to trying to find like an office space or some some place where I can just put these stuff. But afterwards, it was just like, why not let people uh, coming in and use them as well? So mm-hmm. it just started really small in my grandmom's uh, old house. Oh wow! In Jerungrung. Yeah. So it was really nice. Um, it's like a really really old really. Like almost dilapidated kind of house, huh. uh, lots of termites. So after um, after about four or five months, just had to move out because oh. it was it was rather small as well. And and um, if we if we do an event, I think twenty people would be like you know mm. way too much. Could you just talk to us a little bit about um, yeah what sort of events you put on and uh, what sort of resources you have in the in the, right, in right. the reading room? Um, the resource of contemporary art and um, other reference books that that um, I think inspires contemporary art practices like philosophy, social, political, science, those things, histories and. Um, other critical writings. And those are all in time? Uh, no, I think most are probably in English, okay. and um, one-third is probably in Thai, but the Thai part's more um, catalogs, because we don't have a lot of uh, art historical writings in Thai. Hmm. So definitely lots of catalogs and lots of histories, political science, um, and critical writings. So I, I read somewhere um, in a talk you gave, I think online, that you started the reading room to, uh, quote, bring people together to discuss relevant issues, uh, not to provide information, but to create discourse. Can you just say a little bit more about that and about the I goal of that? what you did? Okay, good. Yeah. yeah, that was not the the first sort of, you know, it, it was it was not why I started it, but it was um, developed 
and developed into, into that. this. Yeah. yeah, because it's space is organic, and you. I mean, you you have to be flexible. You know, you have to really respond to the climate, the mm-hmm. political, the social, people around you, the community, and and um and it started to actually transform itself into this sort of critical whatever discourse things that I was talking about. <laughs> um. <laughs> but, but originally you did yeah. intend it to be much more of just a space where people could encounter, they could just read just about books contemporary and, art yeah, books. Yeah, because I, was, I was, um, started teaching at that time as well. I was teaching art history in, um, in college. And so I know that there's not a lot of, of um, art, contemporary art books or catalogs, and I had lots of those. So it was just about sharing at first. And now it's still about that. I think in, in the end, it's, I think the keywords is more like, you know, accessibilities and sharing and, and creating communities. And, and um, I think by the time it was like third or fourth years, it's definitely more of, um, you know, providing space for, for exchange and, and definitely for you know, conflict to happen. So, you know, people can come in and fight and not having to agree. And I really hated the um, the campaigns of, like, you have to reconcile. It's, it's not, you know, it's not going to happen. You can't even reconcile the, your thoughts, you know. Right. So... Now, I remember the after the, the Central World... Well, yeah. After the crackdown, right. uh, and then after Central World was burned, there were these big signs outside of Central World on these placards that... Uh, there was one of them, I remember, they were all like these happy little logos and different things. And they were all in English, which I found was interesting. Right. Um, and one of them just said over and over um, in big text, everything will be okay. Everything <laughs> oh will be okay. Everything will be okay. <laughs> was it ironic? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it that sounds was, like a I really good think, conceptual art. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like <laughs> what's it ironic? Uh, unintentionally, I think. Um, but <laughs> but what was the initial reaction to the reading room? Who came? Who didn't come? Nobody came at first, of course. <laughs> and uh, people in the arts were really hostile to it. Why? Um, they just didn't get what we're doing. You know, they were like, what are you doing? Uh, was there going to be an opening? Um, was there exhibition space? You know, when I said no, they're just like, why are you doing it? You know, it just doesn't make any sense for them. Nonprofit space, what was that? And mm-hmm. and what is a platform? You know, they, they just don't understand. And um, after we're doing a bunch of activities and I, I got into more of like... Uh, academic stuff or NGOs and, you know, got, got to um, organize events or activities that are focusing more on um, social and political stuff. Yeah. Definitely the art people are not amused. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> they really hate it and, and they just really, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I had any friends left at that point. It was I was attacked at openings, like not not physically, but right. vo- you know verbally, and by a bunch of guys, and just really like you, you red buffalo. You're really horrible. Why are you blah blah? It's just, what the fuck? It's so they like, called you a red buffalo. Yeah. What is that? What What does red buffalo mean? Oh my god! It's so it's so complicated, but it's um. It was just a direct for terms that um, 
that used to call people in the lower class from the suburbs who were presumably voting for Taksin and Yingluck, who are you know, our ex-prime ministers, um, were having more or less like populist policies and um, their policy pretty much benefits like these um, uh, uh, lower class people. Mm. And what was, what were they responding to? What was the, th- like, do you remember, was there a particular event that you'd had? No, a particular I discussion? had no idea. It was just, I think it was the overall sort of programs that we ran. Mm. And, and um, you know, when you're doing a lot of talks and lectures, most like 95% of, of, good, decent lectures were on the left side. You know, they're, they're not pro-military. They're definitely for, uh, for democracy, for election, for mm-hmm. equality. Right. Um, and I think being associated with those lectures, those professors, mm-hmm. will probably, you know... Uh, um, you, you were getting pushback from the art right. community. You, right. uh it's education, I think. I, I teach, I mean, I, I used to teach. I'm now sort of like stepping away from it a little bit, but I used to teach um, for four years in an art college, um, Sila Pagan University. And that's pretty much the only, um, you know, really established art schools that every art people wanted to go to. And it's a really, really conservative art school, a very conservative university. So I think it's it's because of, of that and the lack of alternatives to to arts education. What they were teaching is you know definitely value the three institutions and also the the founders of of the universities who were uh, Italian and fascist. They love him. Um, Wait, say a little bit more about that. The founder of this university, the the first director, he works a lot with the military. Because they both <laughs> Mussolini's and and he did lots of who doesn't I know he <laughs> did lots of like futuristic um, <laughs> <laughs> sculptures and monuments and so the education is I think most of them are still teaching in the um, in the curricula that he sort of established and so it was like. Salon, like Italian, the French salon in the 19th century or 18th mm. century. It was it was quite outdated, and and um, they were not taught critical thinking or multidisciplinary or any cross disciplinary in any ways. It was pretty much practice based and um, crafty and you know beautiful stuff. So I think that's a that's a problems and and um, and oh. another thing is also that they um, this university and their alums they got a lot of um, commissions from uh, Ministry of Cultures and and the oh, you know and so I think it was just this there's a pretty close yeah. connection yeah. Um, and and um, and and I think it's 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 the education and it's not the students <laughs> and and they then this is like the production of conservative artists mm. and, you know, kind of understand it but you know but you understand how it happens and yeah, even, yeah. even how they yeah I was just I wanted to ask you because you said something again on the internet <laughs> you said that something about you were talking about how you understand how uh, more conservative artists or artists artists that are pro-government right um, and pro-establishment right. 
you 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 said you understood how they think that they're against uh i think you put it moral corruption that they're very like they're trying to kind of reinstill certain Thai values mm. through their art. The mentality is terribly romantic in the 19th century romantic <laughs> sense, right? What do you mean by that? Uh, you know, art is this really high thing and it could, you know, you can use art to cure people and, you know, poor people are really, you know, there's such a pity, they're poor, you know, it, it's it's that sort of mentality and, and you can use art to help and so you're saying that's it's a it's fundamentally like a Western 19th century they, yeah mentality that's I being so. that's kind of grafted onto sort of Thai values. I mean, it's no, I'm, I'm just comparing it to, to yeah. that though. It's it's a it's essentially really upper class Thai, but the middle class aspires to be the upper class. Right. So they 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 sort of um, you know adopt this and um, and I mean the arts that they're making are beautiful art and they're they refuse to talk about bad things or dark things, and mm. they, they, they really wanted to, to make be- beautiful stuff, and they want to beautify um, the soul by, you know, the, the physicalities of, of, mm. of things. And, and so I, mean, I kind of understand that, but, um, you know, they just don't have other layers to their works, and they just don't ask questions. And, mm. you know, but I, I think it's just because they, you know, it's reciprocal. They got money and they well, they're, got... Yeah, they're getting support yeah, they, for they it. Got yeah, they got supports from, yeah. from those. So they never had to get to um, questions. Um, yeah. You know, if, if, if all their commissions were, like, gone, maybe they should start right. asking, you know. <laughs> you mentioned that the you weren't getting a lot of interest from artists and you were also getting a lot of pushback directly from artists about the space. So who, you know, when, once you got really up and running um, and you were putting on a lot of events and you were getting a lot of attendance, who was coming? Who were the people that were reading, you know, that were using the reading room, that were coming in there to hang out or coming to, to the openings? Who are those? Who are those people? Most of them are people from uh, social science, you know, other humanities um, fields like film people or um, political science or you know all, all those um people who are more active socially and politically hmm. ngos and um so just, these are these are thai people that are yeah working thais in those fields. Mm-hmm. yeah the, our audience are thai the yeah, programs, your, your are programs are all in thai. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. all in thais and if um there's English programs. We have translators. So mm. it's just, <laughs> I saw. I saw that you you uh, did some about like a Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. like a, a data book. I just read it, read about it somewhere on Twitter or something. It's just this. I think there's this library in LA, and um, they wrap the books and um, write some uh, descriptions of the book on. Uh, you know, like like you were describing a blind date, and um, oh, let okay. let the users come in and pick the the books from uh, the from just the descriptions. <laughs> um, so it was like a blind date thing, and um, it's like a Tinder kind of. Yeah, thing, it, was, it was nice, but um, so I thought that was a cool idea, and so I just do it. Was that pretty popular? It was really popular, but it took lots and lots of mm-hmm. time and effort. You see, it seems like you're appealing in a very smart way to like. You know, the people's mass. desire for fun, you right. know, like to have a sort of a fun way. Do you feel like most of the people actually dated their book? Like, do they actually like read the book or do they kind of like, uh, like look at it yeah, and like, we had, like, lust the, it? Yeah, and then... we had the rate card. So um, 
I would say maybe 60-70% of them actually that's awesome. wrote that. That's, that's, great. that's, that's huge. Yeah, it was, it was one of the popular ones, but most of our events are really... Lots of our events are kind of academics, mm-hmm. but we're trying to make it simple and accessible. But people are still really, really afraid of, of appearing stupid or they're, they're not open enough to, I don't know, to come to, to a, a yeah. strange sort of um, uh, environment. So Yeah, no, I can understand that. Yeah, and it's it's really hard. And, and people who don't read sometimes don't want to come, which mm-hmm. is... Um, you know, that's why we're trying to do a lot of different things. Sometimes we're doing lots of screenings and, um, but the screenings are, uh, are not like pop films. It's, um, indie films, weird, strange old films, things like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, we're we're known for being a community of like outsiders and weirdos Mm. more. (laughs) I, I, I kind of like it, but I kind of want it more normal people to <laughs> to feel comfortable coming in. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of upper class people, obviously. Well, why obviously? Um, you don't have a better place, more suitable place for them to go. Like what? Like, what do you mean by more suitable? <laughs> um, like a nice mall or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't think they would want to come to this weird I don't know. I, I don't think they care about politics or what's around them so much. Lots of them. Some of them are nice, but I don't think they ever felt the pressure. If you don't have to fight, if you don't never had to feel challenged in your life, it's hard, I guess, to mm-hmm. be critical of things around you. It's probably easy to to want things to stay the way they are. I kind of understand them. Right. So with these events, so you're you're hosting events that might have been canceled elsewhere. Has there ever been like a backlash from the government? At first, not really, because it was, you know, we're really, really small. No one really knows about us that much. Um, And I think a year and a half ago, we did some really indirectly political talk. Um, But then the military came and shut us us down, which is like... Could you tell us about that? It was about land. It's It's a law about land ownership we were doing this with oxfam thailand and maybe it's because they were you know really high profile nonprofit organizations and so when did, did they actually show up they show before up before like, the talk or they show the, up at the talk they were no they show up at uh, in the morning of of that of and they were like you're not doing this yeah yeah, yeah. like three four of them and um we're like oh what was that and and I was I was they, home. They, you were at home. Yeah, my staff was there, and then actually they they tried calling at first, and I didn't really pick up the phone. I was like <laughs> sleeping, <laughs> and and people kept calling. It's like you have to pick up this phone, blah. So so um yeah, it was like three soldiers um at the space and trying to just talk us out of this, and I told them to talk to Oxfam. I was just like, oh, not. <laughs> let's like the high profile people right, talk. Yeah. you know like i'm like in the middle but then in the end they you know they didn't want it to, to do so, it, so. just just to go back you say that they started to talk you out of it so what what rhetorical strategies were they using were they sort of were they appealing to your were they no, appealing no, no, to no, your no. tightness were, oh, were they appealing to they were not polite they were just like just canceled i this. see <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. so no they were just saying do not 
Yeah, don't do it. Don't this do is it. against the law. And why why didn't you report to us or or ask us before you had to? You know, before you you were supposed to write right. something That's, to mm. the military to ask for permission. Permission. Yeah. That's interesting. That's something that when we interviewed. Uh, Pupe yeah, uh, yeah. in from B floor. That right. was what when the military showed up at her event. That was the same thing that they said: is that you have to notify us before you put on a play. Yeah, which is, but no, I think the first thing they were saying was the the um the oldest guy and and the highest ranking guy was saying that um, what are you doing in this little hole in the you know because it was like a small and like. It's a, it's a, you know what are you doing in this hiding place somewhere? Oh really? Yeah, they were they were thinking that we were like like maybe, a secret, like it was a yeah secret yeah. organization. No, you know we're here for like five six years. And, like, no, there's beanbag chairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're really comfy. Go sit in right, one. Right, right. Yeah. Like we were trying to find this for a, a few days. Like oh, <laughs> no, really. So you didn't. So you didn't do the event. No. Oh my god, no. So did you? Did that impact the way you thought about future events? Yeah. How did like what? How did I'm just I mean, curious. We, like we were monitored you, before. Like you know, if you if you host um, all these events, you know that there's some mysterious guy in some black jacket who doesn't look like an art lover. Yeah, who look um, you know, a bit old, gray hair, you know, mm. just sitting in the back. There's all all these guys going around mm. the circuit, so we know that sometimes we're monitored, but um, never really got canceled before. Mm. So after that, so that was um, I think November two thousand fourteen. So two thousand fifteen, um, had to think, really had to 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 think of the new programs for mm-hmm. for for the space because um, was supposed to be um, discussing keywords about um, Thai politics, which was absolutely not going to be possible. Mm. Yeah, that must was... be that must be just so difficult to yeah. determine. I mean, it seems that there are certain things in Thailand tra- traditionally and even currently that you know you can't talk about. Right? Mm-hmm. There's certain things that are exactly. that are, uh, as they say, verboten, right? That are forbidden. Mm-hmm. But then it seems that there are all of these unspoken things yeah. as well, right? There are all of these. There are these things that are not either. In any particular law, or or any any like it must be super complicated to figure out how to navigate that. Well, it was not easy because you know you'd never know because different military governments have different mm. sets of rules that they came up with, or so you, yeah, you never know. But definitely, you... um, for now, definitely democracy mm. or election talk about yeah around the the coup some of the protests mm-hmm. i mean there was the the incident involving the the young gentleman eating a sandwich oh, yeah, while eating while reading 1984 and then though i suppose actually it's coming probably more from the film then there was the young people and not young people flashing the hunger games three-fingered right, boy right, scout right. salute like as someone who is involved in deeply in the arts and in thinking about culture and sort of the interface of those of those things how did what did you make of that particular moment of kind of life imitating art right mm. where you had these these young people in a real place in a real state who mm. are as an act of protest getting arrested for flashing a symbol from a fictional 
dictatorship, if that's even the appropriate word yeah. for what's happening in the Hunger it, Games. It you, really, do you know what yeah. I'm getting? It's really like it, absurd, but it's our interpretation, though. I mean, you know, as a um, witness or as someone who knows um, 1984 or Hunger Games. But if you see it from a military point of view, it's just someone who resists something. You know, it's just, mm. it doesn't have to do with, oh, the military is really banning 1984. No, it's just... They were, they were banning or they were arresting people who are not, um, you know, the, who, who are resisting their, their regime. That's about it. I think it's just the dissent. That's interesting. So, yeah, yeah I guess I never yeah. thought about it in quite that way, but you're mm-hmm. right. It's not yeah. necessarily that they're, that they're well-read in Orwell and therefore... I don't think and therefore, they know <laughs> yeah. these things, um, the Hunger Games or... I don't think so. So that yeah. could be like a Western interpretation of... No, it's, just, it's not just the Western, though. Mm-hmm. It's all of us. Okay. I think it's a... The, the good thing is it's a powerful symbol, and it's a powerful thing for us and for um, the media and, mm-hmm. you know, and for further movements and for, you know, all the NGOs. Um, it's great, but yeah. you can't it, really think about this in, in your own terms or in the culture terms because yeah. the militaries are not thinking that way. It, as you said, it was absurd. Mm. But I think as we may have even talked about in an earlier episode, I found it weirdly touching. Right, you know, it right. was a it was a very and a, and as you, as you also say, it's a very smart media genic thing. Mm. Uh, I'm also now thinking of David Lloyd's uh, Guy Fox mm-hmm. mask. Oh my god! Um, as an you know, as another thing drawn from from literature yeah. that that just when you incorporate it into a current right. political movement. Creates this incredible, yeah. these incredible ripples. Um, you know, everyone's competing for this Guy Fox things. Both the um, both the pro government and and the anti government. How so? The pro government was also doing wearing the guy. mask. Yeah, wearing a mask. And, yeah. yeah. Where? Both, in both what, sides were ma- wearing the mask. In what, in, in what context? In what context? They were just around the time of the coup. Because they don't understand guys. You know, they thought that you know he was just the ones who were against the government. They oh. didn't know that this guy was... They didn't know. All Wait, these... but I don't understand. Why would a... <laughs> Sorry to be... Damn. Yeah. But why would a... Why would a pro-government mm. or pro-military oh, person Oh, they, they were put doing a... this when the Jinglak was in yes. power. Oh, okay, that makes much more yep. sense. Can you just, can you actually, just for the sake of our listeners right. in the Maldives, right. could you just, uh, <laughs> could you just, just explain, could you just explain that? The the appropriation of that Guy Fox mask right. uh, in different contexts. And so you're saying that... The, so the, were, the more conservative side was also appropriating Guy Fox When uh, there was, when, during... During the, their, uh, the anti-government, uh, they were anti the, democ- the yeah, democratic, democratic elected, government, yeah. yes. Yeah. I do remember seeing that. I saw a person with that mask. Right, right, right. I was like, why would you wear that mask? <laughs> it's very confusing. Yes. <laughs> like, you're, you're wearing the mask? Yeah. But it's my, it's my mask. Yeah. yeah. And you're, 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 what? You're, occupy, do you know what occupy is yeah. for? Yeah. What? So what does your family think about the reading room? They didn't think about it anymore and I used to think that it was crazy mm. I think they were just like resign now <laughs> do they ever worry I always I think mm. <laughs> but 
But... They're like, go back to that, go back to that dirtbag boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's a safer, safer, that's a safer operation. Just going from, just going from drug den to drug den. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, he yeah. always got me into dealing weed. <laughs> I was like, no, man, I'm, I was not gonna pack weed for you. You couldn't, yeah, you can. Well, it's a good. It, maybe that would have been a good place to start. Sell, sell dime bags, <laughs> and then work your way up to selling multi-million-dollar oh works of conceptual God. art. That's you know? how he did it. That's, I how he did. <laughs> That's his rise. No, but but the art business is definitely absolutely super shady, and and, yeah. <laughs> and lots of galleries. Um, Made money, or, or yeah, they're dealing drugs, or dealing um, blood diamonds, or dealing like, the galleries. <laughs> it was the the money was just you know wow. it's money laundering for that. Yeah. They are really yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. yeah. Not in America. America. <laughs> not not in New York. Not in New York. <laughs> New York is wonderful. Not in New York. Yeah. Not <laughs> gallery. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I just, I guess I just want to say that I, I want to applaud all of us that we have managed to have this conversation be only about art and culture and politics, even though uh, we've asked yeah. Kyo to come out here, uh, the, you know, 36 hours before those things are going to come through the atmosphere. Right. Um, so I'm proud of myself for keeping my shit together. And uh, I mean, I don't know, Kyo, how are you, how are you feeling about about all this are you feeling like things I'm are gonna get really bad I'm exciting or? i'm exciting you're excited yep why i don't know i i i always felt like i might be an alien or something maybe they're coming to get me i don't know i'm, I'm positive so you're not you're not feeling you're positive. positive what positive thing could happen like they're just gonna come through and get me back to my my planet why is it that everybody keeps their shit together so much better than me about this? <laughs> oh, no. I'm, so I'm you're not you're, you're, Oh, too, yeah, it's so. true. Fair enough, Dom. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> We're in it together. Are most people, I mean, are most people you know, like, kind of keeping rather chill and Buddhist about the whole thing? Or I'm not Buddhist. So I, all, all my friends are just really, I think, shit drunk. So I'm not really mm. sure. I see. So they're just, yeah, just going to... Or gonna... shit high. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's Good a, that's... for them. I'm very drunk, so... <laughs> I've always actually wondered, are there particularly... And again, this is the weird thing about my brain that even when crisis is happening, I can still ask a question like this. Uh, are there particularly Thai ideas about aliens? Or are they, oh. or are they kind of like... a? Uh, is it, has, there, has there basically become like kind of a generic global Hollywood, you know, sort of born out of... <laughs> kind of sense of aliens or are there like some actual deep Thai ideas about no aliens? no I, I don't think so so it's 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 a hollywood it's hollywood aliens that are coming to get you uh, blame the united states <laughs> <laughs> we have lots and lots of ghost stories so yeah di different kinds of ghosts but not but that, yeah. not aliens people are now carrying these Luptep dolls yeah. right out of and some I've heard like some commentators who seem to like really focused on Thailand are sort of like that like that's about like the unstable Thai economy, uh, which I mean who's to say? Do, do you think that has to do with like general uneasiness? Whether it's like uneasiness about the Thai economy or uneasiness about like things coming through the atmosphere, or is mm. that just like? I think it's just a Thai thing. Just a Thai thing. Yeah, I, I don't. Do you think know it's... people who have them? 
No, I've never seen. I've seen one. one. I've seen them. They're crazy. Really? No. Oh my god! I wanted to see one of them before you know all these things. No. You know, before, yeah, before. Yeah. <laughs> before I Listener, die. Please, before I die. Give me one. I wanted to see one. I don't know if you want to see it. It's kind of <laughs> creepy. creepy. It's creepy. No, but then ties always you know have have some objects or some things that they really hold on to. Yeah. It could be. It could be a doll. It could be some sort of amulet. It could mm-hmm. be whatever. I don't know. I I don't think this is. But you don't think there's like it's not it's not that like at times of crisis no. people become more. Maybe gotta be, but but before this, there's something else. Yeah. It's not like yeah. this is like a one off. Yeah. And it's dying down. It's just a trend. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly in the U.S., like we're seeing now, like. Uh, you know, they're like the doomsday cults, right? Who are like mm-hmm. the people who are like going to be up on the mountaintop, uh, you know, and they've done it before. Like, that's the wonderful thing. It's all the people that have done it before through like, but it's more like those are like biblical interpretations where they're like, the Bible says that on this day, we've got to be up yeah. on this mountaintop because we're going to be whisked away. I'm, I'm going to be very angry if they're right. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. be very upset yeah. if they're correct. Well, I mean, we were. Uh, I believe that our government has some sort of things to do with you know, this Martian things. And do you remember last year or the year before? I didn't remember. There was this protest about the rubber farmer, rubber tree farmer. Oh, yeah. And like the roads were blocked, right? There were like all these roadblocks. Yeah, it was a long time. And then and then In the, the South, leader, right? the leader, the, our dear leader let it slip. He just said that um, they can all go and um, sell their rubber on Mars. So I think that's sort of a really good sign. Really? I think ties will so survive. You, I think they will all beam. Are you saying they're just coming to get their the they're coming to get their and rubber. the rubbers, yes. So we'll survive. That's pretty awesome. So are USA? Well there's also that that we there's that dude at what university was it? One of the Bangkok, Bangkok universities University. who there's this YouTube video uh, where he is lecturing and on on camera he's getting a call from a Martian who and he's got a translator with him um have you not seen this it's amazing so and everybody's like oh so funny but i was like that's not funny that's serious he's onto something he's onto something thailand is at the center thailand is at the center of it all comes back to wow that's why we've been doing this podcast yeah that's why we've been doing this i need to get my hands on that (laughs) we'll send it to you we'll put it on the it's it's probably on our website already all right uh we were talking about this before we came i mean we neither donald or i no no offense to your country Mm. but neither donald or i wanted to be here yeah we'd like to now (laughs) can you take me (laughs) (laughs) no but like there's you know the shut you know i i don't know like I, i love that like Thailand is still technically under military control, right? But martial law has been lifted and not been reimposed. But martial law has been imposed in the U.S. and the oh. U.K. and everywhere. I mean, well, I guess maybe I'll ask you this. For some of our listeners who are there, because they're listening to our podcast because they're trying to deal with all the shit going on in their life. Do you have any advice for Americans who are now living under martial law? Like, how do you how do you live under martial law? Like, how? Because you've lived you, under it. For, do you have any pro tips? Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah just like, like how do how do you deal how do you deal with it good luck prozac prozac <laughs> that keeps coming up on the show it does it just keeps coming up on the show. yeah the the, the, the just lily be happy and then the government happy. will not do anything to you if just, you're happy if you're happy maintain happiness and at all times happy and just don't just go look at art and yeah smoke some weed will art survive what the 
Yeah, well, yeah. Mm. Maybe they're huge art lovers. That's Maybe. what they're here for. This is also surreal. Oh, it is true. Gracious. And you, do you know that maybe our government has some parts in the in the Martian thing? It's perfectly. It's perfectly possible. It's just. I mean, the thing that the spooky thing that like they're slowing down, mm-hmm. which asteroids and comets do not do, mm-hmm. right? If we're just if we're all chuckles about it, uh, I like uh, Note's idea in one of our last episodes where he thought it was a, t- a product tie-in mm-hmm. with the Little Prince movie. That actually, like, this is a big, like, Hollywood uh, stunt, uh, which I keep coming back. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't understand. Like, do people really finish the book? People, <laughs> people love that book. I've never. Oh do people God. finish the book? <laughs> people love the Who are your preferred aliens, though? If they were coming through, like, what aliens would you want to go home with? Wow. Like an E.T. type the good, deal? The good-looking ones? The good-looking ones? <laughs> Yeah. Like, are you more of like a Spock? Are you like a sort of Spock? Or are you like, uh, are you like a, like Chewbacca? Like, who? What's your? Oh, Chewbacca's cute. <laughs> like a bunch of, maybe they're just a little. Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm losing my yeah. mind. BB-8, come. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be adorable. That would be adorable. Um, right? Like tons of BB-8. Just coming down. Raining down. Yeah, and it's just and it's just happiness for everybody. Just yeah. Little milk tab for everybody. <laughs> Oh, well, um, if we're all here, well, we're going to try to launch this before that happens. But Yay. if we don't, yeah. uh, see you in the next life. See you in the next life. Yeah. Fist bump. Um, <laughs> fist bump to you. Um, before we let everybody go, in the time left to us, if people yeah. wanted to find you on the internet, how could they do that? Um, we're on Facebook, uh, the Rating Room Bangkok on Facebook page. Okay. And um, we have website as well not really great but you you can go check it out <laughs> we need revamps but <laughs> it's awesome. org. awesome great great thank well you. thank you so much <laughs> thanks Gil bye